What's up, world, and welcome back to the Vibes and Stuff podcast, where hip hop heads discuss hip hop topics. On this side episode, we will be reviewing the new album from Nas, King's Disease, and briefly discuss what we liked about the album, what we didn't like about the album, and give it our overall review. We'll briefly share what we've been bumping for the past few days, and give a preview of some upcoming topics. So with that, please kick back and enjoy the show. Shout out, shout out to the uh, screen name, man. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Indeed, <laughs> Indeed man. Those, those who know, know. You, you continue to impress me every week. <laughs> that definitely happened. I, I thought I was the only one. Clayton <laughs> Thomas is really... Uh, a really talented comedian and his casting director is a one yeah he's uh his 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 uh his scouting skills are impeccable so <laughs> yes yes <indeed>. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff man but what's good with you i see you got a little man there with you he knocked out oh no he's awake oh, he's awake he's okay uh-huh. gotcha gotcha I good know stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> I'm sitting up here. I got my uh, <clears throat> Cuba Libre here. So, okay. My second one. It's uh, it's one o'clock. So you know, I'm already on my second drink. So I mean, what you got to do? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Like this, 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 this lockdown, this, this period of COVID. It's uh, it's really caused me to put a uh put a dent in my uh, wine cellar man i used to keep like i used to keep like tw- just roughly around 20 bottles just on deck you know at all times yeah. but dude now i probably got like five bottles left so. i believe it we're not going anywhere and sometimes you just need it you know yeah and you should say that on wax <laughs> right right <laughs> you, and you're not having nobody over so it's like mm-hmm. you know I don't feel the need to replenish as quickly as I used to, right. but um, but but that's how it goes, man. It's it's life is uh, life is starting to get a little punchy in the Ray household. So you know, know we <laughs> it's it's been six months of us just on top of each other, and it's like no, you know, no real vacations, no real outlets, and it's just right. You know, after a while, it becomes you, too much of a good thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hey, it could be worse. It could be worse. Uh, speaking of which, man, um, uh, before we get into everything, man, of course, uh, I, I have to mention the, the most recent loss, man, which was unfortunate and un- un- unforeseen, man. Um, rest in peace to Chadwick Bozeman, uh, yeah. a.k.a. T'Challa, a.k.a. the Black Panther. He, uh, he apparently was uh, fighting colon cancer for four years unbeknownst to uh anyone else but his you know close family and he unfortunately passed away which was a shock uh to a lot of people myself included i was i was genuinely sad when i heard it yeah um, just because i know what his character meant to everybody but man what was your what was your thoughts man on, on him and 
his unfortunate passing. It was it was pretty shocking. Like after getting over the initial shock, I kind of thought about seeing him in places like premieres or just out, and he just looked like he was really thin. Yeah, but I, I never necessarily was like, oh, well, he's obviously ill. Just like, all right, well, he lost a lot of weight. Maybe it's for a movie role, he could be sick, but it wasn't, you know, anything that you gave any real thoughts. Um, it was shocking. He's a young, young man. He's not that much older than I am. Um, yeah, certainly within striking distance. So it, it hit a little differently for me now when you start to hear about these deaths of, of young people, um, young men in particular. It, it, you know, forty plus ain't. <laughs> Ain't so far away like it used to feel. So yeah, just, a, just another reminder, you know. Put stake down, go 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 run on a treadmill real quick. Yeah, um, man. As far as as uh, Chadwick's impact, I'll speak specifically about Black Panther. He's done so much other work, but that's obviously what he's known for. And uh, that that character means a lot within that space. Um, particularly in an event as big as Marvel. Like, everybody knows who T'Challa is now. You know, post-2017, you wouldn't have known that before that. And, you know, people who don't care nothing about comic book films or superhero movies, they were going to see. Like, people's, you know, babies and their grandparents were all born there. So it, it just became yeah. kind of a cultural touchstone. And he was quite literally the face of it. So it's, it's, it's a loss that's not going to be easily replaced for sure and, it, and it's, it's going to leave a vacuum so we'll, we'll see what happens but definitely a melancholy situation yeah absolutely man I, I haven't even told my son yet I, I, I don't want him to, to even know um, right right because he was a huge fan I um I don't know if you and Josh were going to comment on this on you all's podcast but have you heard anything about Marvel's plans to move forward with the character or, or what's nothing, going on with that? Because that's, you know. Nothing from uh, Disney. There are people who are making, you know, think pieces out about it already, but they haven't said anything. And I don't think it would be appropriate for Disney to kind of speak on it right now. Um, it's still super fresh and beyond you know the need to fill the role within a film man it's this family is breathing you know what i mean so we can't they can't be that concerned about a film project that would be you know several years in the future anyway <clears throat> they still got stuff that they've already been you know promoing that ain't been released yet because of covid so i think they they've kind of taken the right approach and chilling out on that for the moment yeah yeah you know, pe people are already asking questions. Um, you know, I, I, I haven't even, I can't even hazard a guess as to what they should do or what would be appropriate to do. Like, the only thing I could really think of that would be respectful or the most respectful would be to just hand the, the lantern down to uh, his sister, his sister's character. Um, because I know in the comics, she, she eventually does become, you know, the new Black Panther. So, Maybe, you know, maybe that'd be the direction they could take it. But, um, yeah, that's the only real respectful way I could see them, you know, moving forward that property. But, um, but yeah, man, rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman, man. So, uh, he, he, he apparently meant a lot to a lot of people, man. An outpouring of condolences has been kind of, uh, it's been a little surprising to me. Uh, people yeah. who you would expect, 
you know, and, and in countries you wouldn't expect either. So that's that's kind of cool to see to see he touched so many people. But uh, we're gonna dive right into our little side episode here, man. We got a little double header here. The um, the first review uh, we're gonna do is the latest album, the latest offering from uh, Nas, uh, the album King's Disease. Uh, now, of course, we all know Nas is the MC who needs no introduction. Uh, you know, if you don't know who he is, then you know, he'll <laughs> sell. Ain't the show for you. <laughs> you should be listening to a TED talk, right? Um, you know, he needs no introduction. He, he's an elder statesman and a legend. You know, top five on many people's list. This is his thirteenth album, uh, King's Disease. Uh, it's the official follow-up to the album Nasir. Uh, it was released on Mass Appeal Records. Um, it features production. It was entirely produced by uh, producer Hitboy. And it features guest appearances from Anderson Pack, ASAP Ferg, Lucy B, Don Tolliver, Big Sean, and Little Dirk. So uh, I'll give it up to you, Jamil. Uh, right off the bat, man, what were your expectations with this album uh, and your overall first impression? Um, I didn't really have any particular expectation for it because honestly, with Nas, you don't always know what you're gonna get. Like the bar game is always gonna be there, right? That's never a question. But production-wise, you just never quite know sonically where <laughs> where he's where he's headed or on a project. Um, so that's kind of where I went in with it. Like, all right, well, here we go. <laughs> we'll see what we do. And from the very first track. It happened like this was an amazing album um not flawless and we'll certainly get into that but it was a great great piece of work and i think at least at the top half of this discography. and i usually don't say that about something so quickly um but he's had some real stinkers so i think it's pretty easy to push that one up because it's you know three or four albums i can think of off the top of my head is easily better than yeah, yeah, I, I, I will co-sign that. I will co-sign that that statement. Um, now, uh, me myself, like I, I'll be honest, man, my expectations were kind of low. Um, not because of Nas, but because when I heard it was entirely produced by Hit Boy, you know, Hit Boy is not really a, 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 a producer who stands out in my mind as having a whole lot of material that I'm I'm that fond of. So my expectations were low on the production end of it. I didn't really, you know, Nas is one of those MCs. He he's got nothing else to prove, you know, lyrically. Right. Uh, um, but I was concerned because I wasn't I wasn't crazy about the track Ultra Black, which was the single. Um, so when the album, when I get did my first run through, listen, I was I was actually pleasantly surprised. I, I Hit Boy did his thing, you know, he did his thing. Now for for you, what? What stood about out about the album? What did you like, and also what did you not like? Or what were your um, criticisms? Hit Boy is definitely what stood out for me um, because I was surprised. Like I'm, I'm not super familiar with him. I know that I know his work. Like I know he's done these huge tracks, but it's not like he had a signature sound that you could identify. So I, again, even with that, I'm like, eh, I, I just don't know. And what I got from Hit Boy, what I really appreciate, strangely enough about this album is the production. Not that the lyrics took a back seat, but the production on it was really good. Like, Hit Boy is a Nas fan, and you could tell Hit Boy is a Nas fan, or if he's not a fan, 
he did his homework one way or the other because he was able to kind of craft um, his beats around what a Nas album would sound like. Like this is where we, you know, the critique that Nas always gets is he pick bad beats. You know, he doesn't, um, he won't, he won't appeal to people, right? He's a lyricist, but the production value of his music makes it hard to listen to sometimes. Um, and Hit Boy was like, well, it ain't gotta be that, right? We could, we could tap into some, some soulful stuff and bring out a lot of good things out of Nas um, without it really sounding retro either. Like it's, it sounds modern, but it's classic at the same time. So it, it's kind of a, a, a interesting balance. So that was probably the thing that I enjoyed the most. Um, might be a hair too long as far as track numbers. The tracks themselves, though, actually, let me let me retract that. It, it may have been, you know, one or two too many tracks, but the tracks themselves are short, so I think that, that helps. Um, it yeah. doesn't feel it doesn't feel lengthy, especially not after listening to Blue and Exile. Nothing feels long after that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I That's like you. Album. We gotta we gotta get to one day. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, man. That's <laughs> worth the episode for sure. Um, this one, as far as things that I, I would critique or I didn't like, I didn't love uh, Ultra Black. It was all right. It's fine. It, you know, it's a single. I get that. Um, actually, I think Spicy would have been a better single, personally. Um, yeah, Ultra Black, I didn't like. Um, I didn't really care for the Dirt verse. It was kind of un- wasn't memorable. It, it, wasn't bad. It's dirt, so you don't get what you get. But I could yeah. done without that. Um, I was very, 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 very disappointed in Foxy Brown. The firm track would have been perfect if her verse was up to par, and it just wasn't. Like you can you almost know what? hear the drop off from MC to MC. By the time yeah. you got to her, it fell off a cliff. And she was, if I recall correctly, she was the last MC to spit. Right? She was. It's like, man, you the last MC on the song. You gotta, you gotta close it. You gotta shut it down. Like, yes, you can't come with no subpar bars, man. And like, you know, I was a little disappointed in that track. But go, go ahead. I cut you off. Oh no, it's all good. Um, that, that's really about it, honestly. Those, you know, little critiques are about what I have. Um, I can't say that Nas showed any any growth necessarily, but like you said, he got nothing left to prove. Right, he was dope, and we know he's dope, and he just gave us that. So I'm, I'm, I enjoy this one. I can see this one having some, some good re- uh, replay value. Might crack my top ten too. I'm pretty sure it will. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if it'll crack my top ten just yet. Um, there's a lot of good stuff that's come out. You know, what, what one album we're gonna, we're gonna get on uh, shortly that definitely probably will make my top ten, but. Overall, I like the album. I like the, the lyrical content. It, it felt very stately. It felt very uh, um, just introspective and you know very reflective. He 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 did a lot of uh, reminiscing on this album, which which I'm always fond of. Um, but he didn't do it in a very in a heavy-handed or corny way. Um, there were a few rhymes where it, it sounded as if he was giving advice to the younger listeners and and younger generation. And uh, but you know it wasn't it wasn't a bunch of finger waving and preaching, uh, and getting on a soapbox. So that that was good. Like overall, I enjoyed this album. It's a very easy listen. 
there are a couple of tracks that I could have done without, like uh, Replace Me and um, what was the other one? Replace Me. Uh, I didn't care too much for 27 Summers. I didn't care for um, what was the other one? I think it's called All Bad, I think was the name of it. Really? I like All Bad. But I am not go go back and listen to it again. I think it's all bad, but it, no, I no, it wasn't. It, uh, it wasn't all bad. It was. I take that back. It was spicy. I didn't like okay. spicy. Okay. It felt. It felt very. It felt very like tacked on at the end. Almost. It almost felt like it did. Almost felt like a bonus track. Um, I heard somebody it describe it as it sounded like a bonus track, and I was like, yeah, because I, I I couldn't I I couldn't rock with it. I think he should have closed the album with the Cure. Or, mm-hmm. or 10 points, I think that would have been a good way to close the album. But overall, despite the, the peaks and valleys, I did enjoy the album. I would definitely put it on the upper tier of his discography. You know, it's like Nas has like, his discography is basically for, it's three parts. It's like Illmatic at the very top. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you got maybe four or five albums that are like almost as close to the quality of Illmatic right under it. And then you have like a bunch of albums that are just kind of decent, but not great. And then like, and then you got at the very bottom, you got Nostradamus. So I guess four. So <laughs> <laughs> this is- Everybody hates Nostradamus. I don't, it's not a great album. I don't think it, it deserves the hate that it gets though. You know, it, it, it did. It did. <laughs> <laughs> it did. Well, you know, it's it's it, it, it's um. I mean, I guess if you really dug deep, there are some decent songs on there. It's not like it's not like front to back crap, but it was definitely like it was definitely one of those like, what is he doing type release this you know there were there were the, the ron ivy joint was that one always stands out to me as just a terrible choice amongst <laughs> others <laughs> oh, you know, he was getting he was getting his jiggy on at that time yeah so yeah hey you know he, he he's giving us more more good material than bad so you know nas he, he's one of the most respected and disrespected mcs in my opinion um hmm. You know, he gets a lot of respect for his past work, but people kind of, you know, people kind of crap on him for the other stuff. You know, like, I, I think that albums like Streets Disciple are, are underappreciated and underrated. I think Nasir was, was underappreciated, you know, for some good reasons and for some not so good reasons. But he's got a ton of really, really good material out there. You know, um, it was written as, in my opinion, almost just as good as Illmatic. Um, if it had been a little shorter, it would have been. So, you know, Nas is, he's had an interesting career, you know, he, 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 he's respected amongst lyricists and amongst elder statesmen, but I I feel he gets a little disrespected by, I don't know, I guess you could say the commentators of the culture. Now, how do you feel about this album's production and where it fits into this narrative that Nas is a terrible beat pick? Um, I think this doesn't dispute that, right? Because he the, the proof was in the pudding. So he's had several projects where the beats were questionable. I think what we got out of this was um, by working with a singular producer, I think you can kind of cut some of that out. And from what I've read about it, Hit Boy was like bringing concepts to him um, 
like, yo, this, I think, you know, you really sound good on this. I think, you know, this collab would work. Um, so Hip Boy seemed to have a really, uh, have his thumb on that and not seem to be open to it. I think that's kind of how that should work anyway with artist and producer. If you got a dope producer, he shouldn't just be a, he or she shouldn't just be a beat maker, right? You should be able to pull something out of the artist and it needs to be a collaborative effort. I think the, the technology that we use in the game has kind of taken some of that away because people don't really collab no more, right? You got producers that will make 30,000 beats and just send you a, a CD or, you know, send you the, the, the uh, files and you rock over that or you pick the beats that you like. Um, there's something about the process of crafting the songs that I think you can, you can get things out of it. Like you can even start off with a bad beat and give it to the artist work with that and you can massage something out of it you know what i mean start with the bad track and maybe add or take something away to the track couple with what the artist is doing and now you got something good so i think um hit boy's influence definitely helped but i still don't trust Nas's ear on his own i just don't <laughs> like he's proven too many times that he left to his own devices he's not going to give us the best product perhaps um you know i think that's good i i didn't i didn't do any research as far as how the recording process went between the two of them um so i didn't know that part about how hit boy kind of had to I, it didn't sound like he coached him but he kind of just persuaded him i guess you could say like hey you sound really nice over this but whatever he did it worked i i don't i don't know man i don't buy into that narrative that Nas is a terrible beat picker like i don't i don't think he, <laughs> i don't know man he's just I don't think he's any more terrible than any other rapper. You know, I think that he has an array of heat available to him, but I, I, I think he's kind of, you know, he, he kind of is against the grain. He, he wants to, he wants to hit a home run the, the old fashioned way, so to speak, with his songs and like, you know, let his MC and do the, do the heavy lifting, so to speak, and not lean, lean so much on the producer or a hot beat from a hot producer. And in fact, he's, he's spoken on this, you know, he, he said that's that's the way he kind of approaches it. He doesn't want to cheat, as he puts it, and, you know, just just lean on hot production. So I, I kind of do that. You know, he's he, he has his way of doing things and his reasons. So, you know, it is what it is. But my next question is, um, how would you how would you rate this 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 album King's Disease on a scale from one to ten? Um, I think I give it a I give it a, a I give it an eight. It's a it's a really good album. Um, like I said, it's not perfect and, and the flaws, although in my opinion, are not. There's not a lot of them. Um, the ones that are there are certainly large enough that it, it has to knock the score down. Right? You got an entire song that you got to toss, in my opinion, and that was your lead single um, with Ultra Black. I didn't really like that. Somebody should have cleaned up that, that full circle track. Like, that should have been... That should have been the gold standard of the album. And honestly, and I still think it could happen, but I feel like that track could have restarted a movement with that. Like, why can't a firm project spark out of that? AZ, AZ's pen ain't never went nowhere. Like, he, he, he brought it. 
I don't need a firm album in 2020. I'm sorry. Like I'm cool for it. I'm here for it. It doesn't, it doesn't don't bring me the same like mafioso rap that they did at the time. I would be I would be down for that. Especially if it sounds like this. Foxy first. <laughs> she need a ghostwriter. <laughs> she need a ghostwriter. Right, right. If somebody get her a ghostwriter, I think she she'd be high. You need to get Rhapsody or somebody ghostwriting for you, because yeah, that was that was that it was, was underwhelming. Was that was underwhelming. So you give it an eight out of ten. Yeah. Okay. So this this is probably top ten material for you at the end of the year. I think so. I okay. have to go through the the rest of the projects, but I think I can see it making it. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, myself, I, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. I, I think I think he could have trimmed a, uh, some of the fat on this album to make it a really really dope project. You know, I, I think the weak points on the album are honestly really all in the guest appearances. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I don't need, I, I wish I wish older artists would stop doing this. I don't need a Big Sean guest appearance or a Lil Durk guest appearance or Don Tolliver or ASAP Ferg on a Nas album. Like, it's just, I wish, I, I wish Nas would stop trying to appeal to this younger generation and but these kind of like didn't fit for me. It didn't work for me. Um, but what I got from Nas and what I got from Pit Boy, I liked. Um, so I kind of had a, a actually uh, the the title track King's Disease and um, what was the other one? I, I believe it was Ten Point. Was it Ten Points? No, The Cure. The Cure. Oh, it's talking about the, oh, the alkaline water and all that. Oh snap! I'm breaking up. Yeah, that was a dope. That was a dope track where he was talking about what yeah, what the King's disease actually was. Uh, yeah, seven, seven out of ten for me. I, I think it's definitely worth checking it out. And like this project. So, that being said, even though, oh, what, what, one last question. What were your favorite uh, five tracks on the album? Um, Blue Bins, Car 85, the definition, all bad, and full circle. Really, full circle made your top five. I just I dug the nostalgia of it. Like as much as I abhorred Foxy's verse, uh, and Cormega was okay. Like it wasn't bad. Um, I just I was happy to hear them because uh, these were like MCs that you just hadn't heard from. Uh, last time I heard anything. From any of them, uh, AZ was on that that Ghostface project a couple years back, and he was killer on that too. But ain't nobody heard from Cormega. Like since last thing I heard of Cormega was he was getting dissed by Nas on that uh, uh, last Real Nigga Alive. And yeah, Fox, who knows where she been? You know, she had the hearing issue, and we ain't really heard from her. Um, and I think I think Dre was a nice touch, and I like that he never he never said anything about it. Just you know, dropped him on the album. He didn't get the feature credit or nothing like that. So, and a lot of people didn't even know that that was Dre. I heard a couple people say, "Oh yeah, and they, uh, you know, Nature came on and his verse was weak." Like, where was Nature at? <laughs> but it's Dre. That's why the verse was trash because Dre can't rap. <laughs> Nature wasn't on there. No, nah, that was Dre. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. It was a, a nice little, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, tip of the cap. Awesome. That was a nice little tip of the cap. So that's why I think that one that one made it for me. 
um, the content of the track, honestly, it wasn't really nothing to it. It was like on some relationship stuff, but uh, the nostalgia factor kind of bumped it up for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my um, my favorite five tracks were uh, King's Disease, uh, Blue Bands, uh, Ten Points, The Cure, and The Definition. I, I really like the Brucey B um, uh, 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 guest appearance. I think it gave it a real nice, like old school, like paid in full type of flavor. Yeah. Um, I like the uh, I like the the little the little vignette he did. Uh, it was almost like a little dedication to Lou Rankin. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was the bar uh, he spit right before it. Yeah, yeah, the actor from uh, from Belly mm -hmm. who played Ox. So that was that was that was refreshing to hear. That was <laughs> that was right up my alley. Yeah, it floated my boat. Yeah, yeah that was dope. that was dope. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, those are my favorite five tracks. But. Well, I think it's, it's worth the listen for, for anybody looking for some for some good nods. I, I don't I don't buy to album hype anymore. I like like oh this project is gonna drop this summer. Y'all look out for it. Like you know, and then it comes and it's whack. You know, right. the best albums are the albums that just kind of seem to just sneak out there with no fanfare. Like I had no idea he had a, a project coming out. And uh, you know, Nas Nas did his thing, and you know he showed why he's considered to be one of the, one of the best to do it. So, um, yeah, overall good project. So, uh, wrapping up this little side episode, of course, I gotta ask you this week what you've been bumping. Um, I went back and listened to the next album that we'll review. I guess I won't name it. Um, <laughs> that episode to be what it is. You, you can go ahead and name it. You go ahead. Okay, that uh, Shay Noir and um, Apollo Brown. Uh -huh. um, I forgot the name of it. What was it? God's Willing or God's Way? As God Intended. As God Intended. Thank you. Um, I was listening to that. Um, listen to a lot of Stevie. My, my son loves Stevie Wonder, so I just kind of keep that on repeat. I actually was listening to, and I'm trying to find that uh, young lady's name. She's a newer or new to me artist. Kia or Kaya, um, call forever your girl was her uh, was her project. Um, it's interesting. It's not. It's worth a listen. Um, okay. The uh, she's a a different type of. I guess she ain't really a different type of MC, but she's um. She's not. She's not City Girl, she's not Cardi, she's, you know what I mean? And that's the type of um, female MCs that we've been getting lately. So she's kind of a different position. She's not quite Rhapsody, um, but it's 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 a, a refreshing sound. How so do you spell least, her name? At least worth a listen. Hmm? How do you spell her name? Uh, let me, it is uh, K-E-I-Y-A capital A. Okay. Okay, cool, cool. All right then. So for myself, man, I just been bumping um I've actually been bumping uh our next the albums for our next album face off, uh Lupe's Food and Liquor, uh and also Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid Mad City. 
just get my notes together for that. I've yeah. also been bumping um, Thurston Howe the Third, um, Skill Against Island. Um, <laughs> Still live with into, my moms. <laughs> right, <man. laughs> just getting into my early 2000s New York vibes, man. Like those, 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 those gutter underground vibes from back in the day. Mm -hmm. uh, I love that album. Um, I've also been bumping um, uh, Run the Tools 1. Um, mm. Something just made me go back. I'm like, man, let me go back and see where they were at, you know, when they first linked up. And the energy, man, is, is still the same. Um, Run the Jewels 1 was an excellent album. Uh, for they, Definitely for their first one out. And then I've also been bumping Lyricist Lounge 1. Now, the okay. um, reason I got into that rabbit hole I've been watching on Netflix that documentary series Hip Hop Evolution. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I got to the past the mic episode. Okay. You, you know the one I'm talking about, and where they Refreshing. specifically covered it. They 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 specifically covered the underground backpack slash lyricist lounge movement that sprung up in the '90s. And I didn't actually watch it yet. I skipped, oh, that one. I skipped that one on purpose. I skipped that one on purpose and I just didn't go back to it. Because when I was watching them, watching I was at work and I didn't, I, I couldn't pay attention. So I was like, I'm going to watch this later and I just didn't get back to it. Yeah, watch it when you're at the crib, when you're comfortable and at the crib. I'm going to, I want to revisit that episode for a future podcast. Okay. Um, because there's some things about that scene that I, I want to revisit. But it's an excellent episode, man. And it like just sent me down a rabbit hole of like, just, just old stuff, man. I used to bump Brooklyn yeah. Academy and Thurston How the Third and uh, Wordsworth and Punchline. Um, yeah, check it out. And they they really go into they really go into like the West Coast stuff heavy too. Okay, because so, they didn't get um, no love at that time. Like exactly, exactly. Never heard about West Coast MCs they, they, part of that movement. Yeah, wa watch that episode, man. It's it's a good okay. episode. Like it's That's the best good, one of the series, series in, my in general. Like there's definitely yeah. something for everybody, and I think we get locked into our own little silos of the type of you know hip hop that you're into, and um, you get a chance to get some appreciation if you're open to it to other styles that you might not listen to. Right? I might not rock with UGK or something like that. But you go and watch the episode about Houston and, you know, their, uh, that whole flavor, you might want to go back and listen to it. So I, I think it's a good thing, period. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, there are a lot of good hip-hop documentaries out there, but there are very few, if any, that cover that specific scene and at that particular time. Right. And I think, I think they did a very good job on that particular episode. What what I always wanted to see was like, like see it's only like forty five minutes though, so I, I always wanted to see a documentary covering that specific time period and that partic particular scene, you know, and just you know more expounded on. But they did a good job with the with the little bit of time that they had to cover it. Um, so that that kind of is what sent me down that rabbit hole. But uh, if if any hip hop heads are looking for something cool to watch, if you have Netflix. Check out the docu series Hip Hop Evolution. It's uh, it's it's pretty dope. Like four okay. seasons in at this um, point. Yeah, yeah, it's like four seasons. Um, I think like what is it like maybe twelve episodes? Something like that. 
I think it's like okay. maybe closer to like 14 or 15. Cause I, I want to say it's about four episodes a season. Yeah, it's 16 episodes. I'm looking at it. Okay, now. okay. It's 16. Okay, okay. All right, then. Um, and and it's, it's, it's the series. You don't have to watch it like chronologically if you don't want to. Like you can skip around the different episodes and you'll yeah. you know it's it's still an easy easy to follow documentary so that's that's yes. kind of what i've been doing but um but there you have it man that's that's our that's our uh what we've been bumping for the week and and that's our review of the nas album so enjoy that <laughs> enjoy yes, that indeed. and we're going to see y'all on the next on the next uh, uh episode and uh i'm gonna say peace it ain't hard to tell. I excel, then propel. The mic is contacted. I attract clientele. My mic check is life or death. Breathing the sniper's breath. I exhale the yellow smoke. A Buddha through righteous steps. Deep like the shining. Sparkle like a diamond. Sneaker Uzi on the Allen. And my army jacket lining. Hit the earth like a diamond. Again, wisdom be leaking out my grapes. I dominate break loops, giving Mike's ministry cycles. Streets disciple, I rock beats just make a trifle and groove even smoother than most by Villanova. You're still a soldier, I'm like Sly Stone and Cobra, packing like a roster in the weed spot. Vocals are squeezed, glocks and CZs drop, though they need not to sneak. My poetry's deep, I never fell. Nas's rap should be locked in a cell. It ain't hard to tell. It ain't hard to tell.